0: You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Welcome to August. This week on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, we're in for a real treat because my wife, Christian, will be joining me in just a few minutes to uh, discuss transitioning into kingdom business. I have just a few announcements before we get to that. Number one, my book is off to my typesetter. What that means is that it's being formatted for uh, publication. And the book cover is well underway. We are looking at a late August or early to mid-September release date, depending on how everything works out with the time it takes to get the typeset where it needs to be, and so forth. But we are driving this bus, and folks, Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth will be available soon. And in addition to that, we are driving the bus on the DID Coach Mentorship Program. You can already apply for... Uh, to be part of that program at International.com On our front page, there is a banner at the top. There are two slides on it, one for our Realms and Dimensions Unsealed Course and the other for the DID Coach Mentorship Program application. Uh, We are still not 100% on the price, but uh, at this point, I can say we are going to be able to do the program on the lower end of our original estimate meaning it shouldn't be any more than $6,000. And so uh we are praising God for all of his provision and helping things to uh, come together. And for those of you that know this is your calling, I mean we we are encouraging you to apply. For those of you that are looking just for some next-level training, maybe, you know, some education, an opportunity to hang out with me, and, and that's why you're applying, I would discourage you from applying. I, I am doing this program to release people into a coaching role, that this is going to be something that you do with your life as as a as a part of your mandate from Christ Jesus. And so please be self-policing uh, when you consider applying for this program, because we want those that are called and chosen to be part of it. Now, having said that we are continuing to uh, build towards something great here at Bride Ministries. Uh, My employee has recently moved to Dallas, Texas, and so we now have an office. We're praising God for actually doing our Bride Ministries Church and this podcast from our new office. And so We are so thankful for that, and we are just so thankful for those of you that are continuing to support us because you are making growth and expansion possible. We still have our eye and ear to the ground on how we can execute transitional housing for survivors of very difficult situations. And You know, folks, uh, when we do pull the trigger on that, we are going to be moving in the realm of cash and or gifts and so if you know someone that has property in the dallas area or uh so forth that, that that really wants to be part of creating a solution for some of the things we have vision for connect them with us you know because we do receive and we can receive pledged land and buildings and all of that as a organization and so last piece of news uh, bride ministries is restructuring. We, we already have Bride Ministries International. We are moving to that name as a 508C1A. The full transition will take place at the turn of the year, uh, mostly for the sake of our books. But as a 508C1A, we are going to be liberated from all of the restraints that being a 501C3 organization has. And so uh, we are just praising God for opening our eyes and um, bringing things to our attention and so folks uh if you would like to support us just go to bride ministries international.com we have a donate button we do have a p.o box as well if you want to send stuff to us and the address is on our website with that said we're going to get right to this program don't go anywhere you're listening to discovering truth with dan duvall Well, folks, we are back on Discovering Truths with Dan Duvall, and I am just praising God for so many reasons. Now, one of the things I praise God regularly for is my wife. And many of you know uh, she is named Christian, and she is going to be joining me today for an investigation into transitioning into kingdom business. And what that looks like, uh, my wife is a Harvard MBA graduate, and uh, she is an incredible business mind. And I'll tell you what, folks, she has been on a journey for the past three years now. And uh, we have arrived at a really cool place, and we're going to be getting to that later in this podcast, but she is joining me to talk about that journey. And so, Christian, welcome back to Discovering Truth.
1: Thank you, Daniel, for uh, forcing me to do this.
0: That's right. You did get forced, (laughs) but you are demonstrating something powerful right now submission, (laughs) which is a beautiful, I mean, it's just a beautiful lesson in kingdom marriage. You're setting a good example. Awesome. Thank you. Christian, we're going to talk today about transitioning into kingdom business. And you had a robust journey in your career before you met me. Uh, And and unfortunately, folks, I I will say that after meeting me, from an outsider's perspective, at least for a season, it looked like everything fell apart for Christian. And (laughs) what was really happening was a restructuring. And and so Christian, what I want to do is I want to let you begin by talking about your career journey a little bit and then what God had you to do as we were preparing to get married and then after we got married.
1: Sure. So, um I I graduated. My undergraduate was um was at Stanford and I did I did engineering and um i went into the consulting um arena so business consulting so i worked for two pretty large firms um and um did extensive traveling and helped these businesses with you know all types of things organization transformation and strategy work um i then moved on to to work in finance so i was one of four individuals um that was managing almost $2 billion in assets in New York city, um, at a foundation. So a non-for-profit grant making organization. And that was my pre MBA experience. So once I did that, I went on to business school. I'm going to just kind of brush over that. And then, you know, give you the background and then talk a little bit more about the business school school experience, because there were some incredible things about business school and then there were also things I had to unlearn, right? Which is part of this journey that you're talking about. But after business school, um, I, I worked, um, I did mergers and acquisitions at, a, at a, a, a very large pharmaceutical company in New York City that everyone would know. Um, and then I went on and worked in retail for a, um, a natural health retailer that everyone would know as well um, in the United States. And so, at, and, and when I worked there, That was an incredible pivotal part of my journey and my career because, um, before that I had a lot, I couldn't really articulate my, my, um, what I, what I was really, really good at. I mean, I kind of could, but really couldn't. I had analytical in there. I was really good at building, um, built a back office at the foundation. So I was really good at like building things, but I really wasn't sure when I worked at this retailer, I was responsible for doing international business development and um, standing up um, an international supply chain to flow product to our Canadian stores. And I was hired to do something that had never been done before at the company and that um, most of the VPs said could not be done. And I didn't know I was going into a situation where within about six to eight weeks of joining the company, not knowing anything about supply chain, not knowing anything about regulation or retail, I solved something that they couldn't do for a couple of years. But in doing that, I came head to head with the political forces um, at this at this particular company. And so the VPs were actually being embarrassed in, in the process, right? Um, and I didn't know that. I was just like a cute little, hey, I can solve all these challenges. And so they would present me with another one. Okay, here are two options to solve that one, another one. And so what happened is I ended up getting this thing done, but it just ripped the back the skin off my back. Um, it was so incredibly tough. Um, to get this done because I was, it was an enterprise level thing that most of the departments, uh, wanted me to fail at because it would, it would, um, it it would cause issues with the CEO if they saw me doing something that they said couldn't be done. Right. Makes sense. So, um, that, that was the last job I had before I was actually at that job when I met Daniel. And so that's kind of why I'm sticking to, to this part of the story. So, um, you know, so I I did a lot of really cool things at that job and what it gave me was, uh, the confidence to recognize what I, what God had really given me in terms of skill sets and the confidence to know that I can actually do this because I was responsible for running a few e-commerce platforms, um, internationally building the supply chain, running pretty much a lot of everything component, I built uh, distribution centers, international distribution centers, did a lot of really cool things. And what I realized that there were a few things that I really got jazzed about. I am a builder of worlds. I love to build worlds and systems. And so when I look back over my career, I was always doing something that had institutional impact, meaning I would create a system, fix problems, And then I want to go on to the next world. I want to go build another world. I don't want to live in the processes I created. I don't want to be running the reports I created. I don't want to be living in that world. I want to go build a new world. And I saw myself doing that a few times at this retailer. But I was running head up against a lot of um, issues that, quite frankly, I had a narcissistic boss who I didn't realize was a narcissist until I listened to the narcissistic handlers a podcast. And I was like, wow, I was in that, that kind of relationship and I didn't know it with my boss, but also I had my own pride issues and ways that I wanted to do things that just didn't necessarily always make sense in a corporate context. So anyway, I met Daniel, when I met Daniel, I was ready to quit my job. I was sick of it. I had saved up enough money to last me a year or two. I I'd paid off my student debt from, from Harvard business school. And I was ready to just be done with it and, um, detox from this job and, um, you know, I mean, a high paying job, but detox from it and then just kind of figure things out from there. And, um, I met Daniel. Um, I, I forgot exactly, but right when I was about to, my lease was ending March, April, and we started to talk on the phone cause he, he lived in Texas. I was in New York at the time. The Lord said to me, do not quit your job. but yeah but god you know how much this sucks do not quit your job and he had me take about a fifth about 20 percent of what i save which is a significant amount and write and write a check to to bride and in doing so um it kind of was like a down payment for not quitting right (laughs) it's like i have a lot less money to work with but it was also an active (laughs) (laughs) pay and um so I did it. And, and when he said it, I just got up in the morning. he said in the morning I was praying, I just got up and I did it before I could think because it was a, a pretty large number. Um, and I didn't want to second guess myself and the devil's never ever once told me to give a lot of money ever. So when God's, when I hear that, I know it's God and I just move. And so that was how I got on the phone with Daniel and I got on the phone with Daniel. We began to talk and you, you, you guys have all heard the podcast or, sh- you know, if you'd like to go back and listen to it, but essentially, we, uh, we, we uh, got engaged and um, I moved to Texas. I, I, I quit my job probably around the next, I don't know, six, eight months or almost a year after that. I left the, the following February. And um, when I left, there was just nothing left to that job. I went into the CFO and said, Hey, I'm leaving. And I think she realized that this was over. And she's like, I know, I can't talk to you out of this. Like, and I said, I'm getting married. I just tried to make it nice and, and I'm leaving and, you know, whatever and left. And I had to really, when I left, I went through a detox phase on the job. But what was really going on was, um, I am a go-getter. Um, I am like a type A plus personality. Everything is go, go, go. Everything is now fast. Um, I want to get things done. I, you know, I just have that. And and particularly coming from New York city, very kind of aggressive, like, let's just do this kind of personality. Um, when I, so i come into this marriage I, I leave my job you have to kind of understand the context i was um there were you know i graduated um at harvard business school with distinction there were only two there was only two african-american women out of the entire class it was over 900 and something people who graduated with distinction and i was one of them there was only one other one and she's a good friend of mine there were only four african-americans that all graduate so when I, when I when I in my circles, I was like the one to watch. Right. I was the one to watch like the, and I actually think there's an anointing that God has over my life. And it's it's really not to do with what they are saying it was, but, but I was the one to watch and always the one who's doing big things. And you can ask, you know, Daniel, like people want to work with me. What are you working on? They want to quit their jobs and work because, um, they just, there's always that thing about me. And now I'm sitting here. In Dallas, Texas, right, I was in the fast lane on the Upper East side, you know lit, with a really great job, savings all that stuff, and now I'm sitting in you know Dallas, Texas, with Daniel, um which is great, but you know he believes in aliens, you know
0: well folks let me just say this, let me just say this, okay uh, yes, it, my wife is an a plus personality, you know um She's like, kind of like one of those cars that you, you know, you know like if you um, give a child the, the, the toy car and, and like it revs up, you push the on button and it just keeps going because the wheels will rotate because the battery's in there. And like the, the, the toy will hit a wall, but it doesn't know that it hit the wall. So the wheels will keep spinning. And it'll just keep going, trying to knock the wall down. Like, that is Christian. She will just hit a wall and keep driving until it crumbles in front of her and then go. She is a go-getter. And so we got married, and Christian wanted me to pray about her destiny. Like, what am I going to do in this season, Daniel? You need to ask God. So I asked God. God, what is this power player going to do? Answer, Daniel, tell her she will be entering a season of service. Now, for me, that, that was a slightly difficult prophetic word to give because I knew it wasn't what she wanted to hear. But I did I, I gave you the prophetic word. what happened?
1: I was pretty offended at this idea that I was going to enter into a season of service Dan <laughs> so I got over that and said, oh, we'll see about that. you know And what happened was that was right around the time when dan's uh, the bride ministries had really kind of structurally imploded a lot of the folks around him. And so there was a lot of backwards processes and things that were not done. And so I, I, I you know, we, we got, even before that, I, you know, rebuilt the website and was just trying to help him get manage that season because he was just completely underwater. But in doing so I do what I do, which is build these worlds. But I was kind of trapped in it because we, we didn't really find help until recently that could really take over what I was doing. And so I did, I entered into a season of laying down um, my career, um, and, um, what I could have been doing and in, in service to Daniel. Um, and that was tough. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's only tough when you think about it, but if I was just going through the day and getting stuff done and, and not actually sit with the reality that my life was like going nowhere, um, I can just get through it. But when I set, but what happened is at night, I just sit up in the bed and, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? This has turned out to be my life when I'm kind of administrating uh, this nonprofit. And it's like, this is not, this is, you know, my, my peers are VPs and managing directors and da da da. And I'm sitting here pretty much work, working for free um, for nothing, answering emails and doing something that I would have an assistant do, right? And that was that was really hard to navigate. But through that process, I was getting a lot worked out of me because um, I was programmed at Harvard Business School, and I mean a little bit you kind of know it, right? Because you know you kind of know the syllabus is kind of program. There was actually a program that they were running, and they don't use that word, but the program is scientifically established from every part of the experience at the business hbs it is um a program to create um an elite uh business person who can operate at a very high level in a certain way okay and from the from the size of the class to the size of the cohort to the activities to which classes you take, which order you take them, how long the classes are, how you participate, how you get incentivized. All of those were leading towards um, a certain type of individual. And what they would tell you on a consistent basis was managing your expectations about your life and your future. And it's like, you are the leaders of tomorrow. You are the global leaders. You will be running the Fortune 500 companies. You will be making decisions that will impact the environment and communities and people and disenfranchised people. You will be the people who will be high earners and making all of this money, right? People will be looking to you for this and that and that. And that was reinforced over and over again And even in the curriculum, it was done case study. If you know anything about HBS, it's done case study, which is you are the protagonist in a case. You are the CEO making the decision. You are the leader. You are the hiring manager. You are the person who's to fire, lay people off. What would you do? What would you do? And so you come out of there with a certain level of pride, with a certain level of arrogance, and with a certain level of expectation. I'm much more of a grounded person because I... Um, have been around a diverse group of people and, and different socioeconomic statuses. So um, I I personally am able to relate to janitors and I want to know about what they do and, you know, everything. But I say a third, a third of those people are the, you know, um, ultra high, I mean, ultra high net worth, right? And then the other third are just high net worth, right? Hundreds of thousands to millions. And then a lot of like hundreds of, you know, and so um and then there's the i say about 20 to 30 percent which are just like normal people right and so they already have an expectation they already have trust funds right and so they they operate a different level what they eat is different i hope that kind of makes sense and so i had to get deprogrammed and the first thing that happened was the lord told me that i had to renounce false mantles and take off false callings and false mantles and all of the pronouncements that have been made over my life that may have been good but they but they actually form curses in the sense that they are not my god-given destiny and they were a false scroll they were not what god had written on my scroll and as long as i was behaving in ways and making choices that were trying to um that were in that were consistent with these false mantles, I was living a counterfeit destiny that looked good to the world, that I could explain to all my friends from HBS that (laughs) made sense logically, but was not what God was speaking over my life. And so Daniel's right about that. That's one of the most dangerous things about me. I will mow down a mountain, which is fantastic and incredibly dangerous because I can go 100 miles an hour the wrong way. <laughs> and this was god and this was god ensuring i wasn't doing that you know and so i took this time out go ahead dan you had something
0: well i had something to say i have something to say folks let me tell you something if there's one person that i like more than my wife it is my wife's spirit the christian spirit is absolutely amazing i i i'd put them neck and neck i i, I but you know Oh, truly, I love my wife, body, soul, and spirit, and I have developed a relationship with her spirit and in the course of that you know first year of our marriage, where she was going through this refiner's fire because that's what this really is she's describing a refiner's fire in her life these are the the things that God puts us through that stress us out, that make us miserable that 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 cut us to our core in order to refine us in order to bear great fruit in our lives. Um, And and she was going through it. And and I'll tell you what, folks, many of you know that I went through it. I I went through three years where God didn't even allow me to work. And this isn't my story here, but, but we go through these refiner fire seasons and she was going through it. But if there's one thing that I was able to witness as her husband was the impact that her spirit had on her Uh, because there were times where i knew in her soul she really wanted to be freaking out about where her life was going there are times during that you know that months and months go by and things are where they are where, where where you know anyone would begin to wonder where is this all going and where is there room for my full expression? And I saw her spirit actively ministering to her and uh, in, in, a, in, in a very real way taking the reins of Christian's life. And, and of course, Christian was cooperating with this in the process as, as her soul. You know, many of us do not realize that in order to walk out the full expression of our mandate in Christ Jesus, it is a process of learning how to put our soul underneath the dominion and headship of our human spirit and allow the human spirit to drive our lives which means sometimes our spirit to drive our lives into the season that is the lord's appointed kairos time which may make us extraordinarily uncomfortable in our soul and and truly it was a beautiful thing to watch The christian i'll let you continue
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's not necessarily a beautiful thing to actually go through (laughs) because it's like your spirit is just like holding you in place, making sure that you don't get off this road. Right. And there were times I'm like, I'm just going to go look for a job. I'm going to, I mean, I just got so frustrated. I was like, because I knew, you know, what I could be making and all this other stuff. But through this process, I, I confront, I confronted, you know, the false mantles that I had to remove even frost mantles that my mom and dad and folks put on me because of their expectations of me. Um, not that they were bad, they just weren't God. And then I had to uh, confront belief systems about myself, about who I really was versus who I wanted to be. Um, and I had to, to confront belief systems about who he was. And did I really believe in his goodness? Did I really believe in his ability to bring me to an appointed time and appointed end? And this is still something I kind of struggle with. And we'll get to the story because it just happened um, uh, like last Friday or something. But just really having a conviction that God has it worked out and his, and his scroll for your life is actually the optimum way to go and the shortest route to where you, know, you, you want to go. And so through this process, so that's, that's kind of what was happening. And it was, it was quite frustrating. So through this process, God started to unlock and unveil to me a number of keys. And these keys, um, are, are, are going to become the foundation of a, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but a course that I'm building, but, um, a number of keys. And, um, one of the most profound things that he shared with me is kind of what business really is. What business really is? And he said, Christian, there's a whole number of things about business that you need to kind of understand what it really is and what it looks like from a spiritual perspective. The first thing is that the business idea that God has given you is incubated, is is actually uh, is created in birth in the in the third heaven, right? It is birth. It is a kingdom business idea. It is birthed in the third heaven, but It is incubated in the second heaven where there is contesting. Because how many of you know that every business idea that you you come up with, sometimes it goes to warfare. And if you share it too soon without it being protected, it can actually be sabotaged. It can be overrun. It can be completely um, just evaporated. Even though it was a God idea, it can be completely stolen because we don't understand the nature of how a business looks in the spirit. So you get a business from the third heaven, but it's incubated in the second heaven where there is contesting because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness where in the heavenly places, that's the second heaven. And so anytime there's something that's contested, you know, it's there. And then he said, you bring it into this world, into the first heaven through faith. So you built the substance in the spirit. That's in the second have you build this up and then you bring it in through faith here into this realm. And so that's kind of the mechanism of how it looks. There's all kinds of other things. I won't go into detail right now, but that's at the high level, what business looks like. So when you start a business, what happens to a little baby that's being incubated, it is vulnerable to attack. When you start a business, what you're doing is that you're actually building a realm in the spirit. And so when you go into prayer and you don't pray over your business and you just think things are going to happen, you don't have a lot of weight behind you in the natural to back up what you're doing. Because everything we see in the natural, there is a spiritual representation of it. And you need girth in the spirit to carry something forward here in the natural. That's why the kingdom of darkness is all about building these realms out of all kinds of things because they're trying to get the spiritual weight to land it on earth. But in Christian businesses, we just go off and not Christian being my name, but in in our businesses as believers, we just go off and do things without building the substance in prayer, without building the substance in the spirit, without understanding what it is to build around. And you build it with Jesus. He gave, through, through the course of this time, he gave me another thing. You don't just build it with Jesus. You build it with wisdom. Because even God himself built the foundations of the world with wisdom. The wisdom was with him. So why would we not build with the spirit of wisdom? So every time I engage in business, and so we're going to get to kind of where I was, but one of the things the Lord was telling me at this time is number one, when you're building, you're building around. So you must build that thing with Jesus. You must incubate it with prayer. You must, um, ask for protection for it. You, you must, um, you know, minister to it, flush it with living water. There's so many different things that you can do. Pray for the, um, creative ideas. You could pray for the customers. If it's a heavenly business, um, then it has heavenly resources attached to it. Heavenly resources include, include angelic hosts and angels that, that can work on behalf of your business, coming, giving you divine connections giving you strategy, giving you customers. Uh, there's all types of things that you can do with the business once it's been incubated, when you're in that process of incubation. But if you're just working in the natural, doing stuff with your natural hands, even with a Harvard Business School degree, you are not building wisely. Mm. You are not building on a sure foundation and you're not building in a kingdom ordained manner. The second thing God said to me was when you engage in business. So I've had a, a couple business things that didn't work out. And I had what Daniel and I had one business thing where we got literally crushed. I tell you, we got crushed under the weight of this. <laughs> and yep. there was a key in it. The key was. When you and we didn't realize that's realize this at the time because Daniel's in the spirit doing crazy stuff, I'm in the natural, and we just say, Oh, let's just do some stuff. But we what we learned from that experience is that when you engage in business and you enter the business world with an idea, I don't care if it's babysitters club, daycare, if you're entering and you're a a lawyer opening up a firm, an accountant. You're selling product, consultant, whatever you're doing, selling cookies on the side of the road. When you as a kingdom believer enters into business, you are actually, what it looks like from a spiritual perspective, is a declaration of war. Because there are seven mountains. And what you are doing is you're taking your mountain and you're going into that mountain. and and, and, And you are, it looks like from a, spiritual perspective, declaring war on the enemy. Why? Because as a kingdom citizen, when there is an injustice that happens to you or happens to a customer or whatever, you have the courts of heaven at your disposal. And when you have the courts of heaven at your disposal, you can get judgments rendered in your favor. When you get judgments rendered in your favor, you have um, the ability to get recompense and to get the kingdom of, in judgment for the kingdom of darkness, what could look like a reduction of territory, a reduction of borders, and an unthroning and a dethroning of powers. because So, what happens is you go into these businesses, let's just say I'm going into the makeup business. You have the authority, you, you have the potential as a kingdom citizen to completely bring the makeup industry under the jurisdiction of heaven. Slowly, little by little, you are bringing righteousness into that, um, into that industry. Little by little, you are bringing the kingdom of God. Little, or, little by little, you are bringing the judgments of God. And it happens slowly. Something wrong happens on your business. You bring it before God. You get a judgment rendered in your favor. You You get territory. There's territory taken from the enemy because they transgressed against you. And now you just conquest. And now more of the makeup industry is within the jurisdiction of the kingdom of heaven. So business is warfare. Because there's someone seated at that place. There's no demilitarized place in the spirit. There's no vacuum in the spirit. So when you're moving into business, you have to push darkness out. And they're not going out without a fight and without opposition. And so if you think you're just going to do this with the natural, with your fancy business school degree, when the, when if, even if you don't know what's within you, they know what you're carrying and they know what you have the potential to disrupt. And they're going to fight you not based on what you know. They're going to fight you based on who they know you are.
0: This is such good stuff. Well, folks, now, now you see why I married her. I mean, come on. Brilliant, right? Uh, and, and you know, Christian, we did get crushed because we tried to just kind of go into something haphazardly. Um, more than that, we tried to go into something that would require us to take on debt. And we later found that God had a mandate on us, no debt at all we we, and and i I know that god doesn't necessarily put this on everybody but he put it on us and i am convinced that when the enemy has pegged a person or a couple or a business or whatever as a high priority target or a great threat they ramp up the attack and will go after everything they can including the doors opened through debt. And uh, that certainly uh, happened in our first (laughs) exploit that we got crushed on was that as we tried to create debt to move in it, we got hammered. So that wasn't the end though, because, you know, folks, there's one thing that I have learned. It's that persistence is a key component of kingdom living. You cannot... Take one hit, make one fall and quit. Uh, God calls us to get back up and keep walking it out. Keep seeking him, get fresh paperwork, uh, get a mandate um, and move on it. You know, and, and as time went forward, Christian, you got some other opportunities that were being opened up to you. That weren't actually even the ultimate goal. They, they were taking you in the right direction. And, and, and folks, you know, a lesson that we have to learn as we walk something out with God is that sometimes God will open up to us opportunities that aren't the end game. It may seem great in a moment. But really, that opportunity is more of a practice or trial run or simply something to get us to uh, a a certain skill set before the door closes and God opens another door and says, this is what that season was actually preparing you for. And so, Christian, why don't you talk about some of the trial runs, some of the business exploits that God took you into for short seasons?
1: Uh, sure. I just want to conclude, um, on this, um, on this particular thought, this, this declaring war part, because, um, I want to give everyone some keys here. So because it looks like that, you cannot, the, the lesson that we got was you cannot enter a business without paperwork. You need a mandate from heaven. You, not permission, not God, is this a good idea, bad idea. You need paperwork and your, your spirit should be carrying around with it everywhere it goes. Um, and so you get that mandate. That is your official commissioning. That is the stamp that heaven is behind you. So when the enemy does come in and try to take from you, steal from you, sabotage what you're doing, you have a prerogative to enter the courts of heaven and receive a judgment in your favor. You also have the resources of heaven at your disposal to come war on your behalf and to avenge what the enemy is doing. You don't have that without paperwork and mandates. If you are pursuing a business idea in your own strength, you got the resources that you have or whatever you have because kingdom resources are for kingdom business and angels can't even go there. So that's another thing that we have to be careful of is we pray and we pray and we're trying to get something to work. We get a, we get fancy with Dan Duvall's prayers. And if that's you and you're listening, saying, you know what, this is probably key for me. There's going to be two situations you find yourself in. The first one is, you really should have never done the business. Do not collect go. Do not collect $200. Do not pass. Go, you know, shut it down. But if you were supposed to do the business and this was a key that maybe you just didn't have or understand or know, you just got to go before the Lord and ask him for the mandate. Some other things you can do is to see that paperwork in the realm where your business is in the spirit and you can see it in the territory. So, that was one thing that um, in Australia, remember, Dan, we, we realized that where you could see that mandate that you have for business. Let's just say you have a, a nursing home that's supposed to uh, work in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, you can seed Jacksonville, Florida with that mandate so that the testimony that comes up from the ground speaks of what God called you to do in that area.
0: Yeah. It so, works. I just,
1: it works, it works. And so, this is. These are just some tools that you need, basic hygiene that you want to have Being a business or an idea of, as, as a believer, you, you want to get these things in place. These are things they didn't teach me in business school. <laughs> right? These are the things that I probably wouldn't have learned if I was going 150 miles down the road with all of my good ideas and all the things I learned. These were things that I got in prayer by quite frankly making mistakes by, um, by having teachable moments, by being quiet, having the opportunity to be still, and forgot to reprogram my thoughts so in, in the process of that, I had a few trial ones as, as Dan said one was kind of like a business consultant for small businesses and when, when I had that idea, it was, it was because people were coming to me asking for help and I knew at the time that that wasn't the big thing. But on that journey, I got tremendously familiar with putting up websites cause I did that for a lot of companies, um, coming up with digital marketing strategies, um, uh, understanding the lay of the land, really becoming versed in, you know, all these different types of digital marketing strategies that I scratched the surface on before, SEO and paid advertisements and all these things that I knew would help drive business. Um, But when I started getting into it too, I realized that this was no scale. I just was so knee deep into it. I knew this wasn't something that was going to go on for long. So I kind of started turning down clients. I had another business that I kind of worked on that was around, same thing, digital marketing for wedding businesses. And, And when we did it, it was all about the learning. It wasn't even about the business. It was actually all about the learning, and I learned so much from that business that when the businesses that I'm working on now came along, which come along, I had all the skill sets and the tools that I needed to do the business. And so that was that's trial runs. It's it's the um, and it's really really hard as a go getter to make small steps that don't go very far because you want to make broad sweeping strokes that go every step you take is one big leap giant leap forward that's how i was programmed to move that was how my expectations were leaning right you go from this and then you get promoted and you're making x and then you make but these are more like incremental steps that um to me confound the wise the foolishness of god just confounding the wise and that these were steps that didn't necessarily make sense in the natural but they were building on something much bigger. And, and they were also helping me to build a, um, uh, a habit of learning how to seek God and to go into the spirit when I'm developing these businesses. So those are, those are some of the trial runs and, yes. uh, and then Dan, how would you, how would you like to proceed from here? Well,
0: here's the thing folks. Uh, she, 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 over the course of our you know, marriage, we went through a year and, and like another half of a year. And, you know, God, things were slowly opening up for Christian. I mean, her spirit was really driving and uh, more and more as time went on. And God was teaching her a lot. But in the process of launching these businesses, I mean, I watched as she went and took online courses. She learned skill sets that she didn't already have from her degree and background. She, she was learning new tools all the time. And here's one of the things that um, I think we, we all need to learn, and, and, and it's something that I've needed to learn as I, I go forward. What I'm doing with Bride Ministries is that we have to remain teachable because if we stay stuck in what we have always done and don't grow, um, God often can 't take us into the destiny that He has for us now, sometimes taking us into that breakthrough that promised land requires us to submit to going back into a grind, learning a new skill set, um, putting ourselves out there in a way that you know maybe we feel we don 't need to or shouldn 't have to. I, I think some of us move in entitlement where it 's like, well, I already did a, B, and C. now I feel like God is leading me to do. D, and I don't, I don't think I should have to. I think God should just move right where I am the way I expect him to. Uh, well, no, that's not really how it works. And so I watched as Christian onboarded new skill sets, learned new things, watched. We purchased courses for her, and she was sharpening her ax the whole time. And then there came a day and, and it really wasn't a day, it was more of a buildup because well, my wife, uh, she, she has a lot of really good ideas. And, and one of the ideas that she had been entertaining for a long time was, how can I find a better way to deliver Ayurvedic herbs into my hair care procedure? And I'm gonna let her tell the story but this thought process ultimately led to a conversation where we <laughs> uh, essentially birthed the company that she is now running with and um, building. And so, Christian, I want you to tell the story of Ara Lux.
1: Yeah, so the story goes back a few years ago. So Ayurvedics is an Indian healing modality that, quite frankly, is tied to a lot of bad stuff, um, especially the Veda part. So this isn't an endorsement at all of Ayurvedics. But one of the things that it relies on is natural healing um, methods and herbs. So there are certain types of herbs that are um, historically used in India and have been used for thousands and thousands of years. That have produced superior outcomes. Think about like, like a naturopathic remedies uh, for all types of conditions. Well, um, I was I was browsing YouTube years and years ago, and I came across some of these herbs for um, hair care and how it just is just great for growth and beast growth and great for strengthening and thickening the hair and uh, making it longer and stronger and protects color. The only solution they have is for you to go to an Indian store, go online, find all these herbs, spend all this money, put them in water and put it on your hair. And at the time I was in a busy career, I didn't have time to do that. So I'm like, this is definitely not something I have time to do, but somebody should start a company like this for people who want these really incredible, powerful herbs in their, in their hair, you know, for the hair, but can't like go mix a batch of stuff of herbs and put it on their hair every week. So last summer I, I was in another hair care rut is what I call it. And the stuff I was using just wasn't working for me. You know, it makes your hair kind of soft, but the split ends and all the other stuff just wasn't really working. So I went back to these um, v- videos and said, let me try to have more time on my hands." So I went to the store and spent 65, $70 stuff, had to wait to get some of it from Amazon, which is kind of the first problem, right? I spent all this money in these herbs. I mix it all together. And then I smell it, and that's the second problem, which is it smells like Indian food. I love Indian food. I've been to India like four times. I just don't want my hair to smell like it. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I put it on my hair, and then I have naturally curly hair. It just would not come out of my hair. It was just stuck in my hair. It took me an hour running a brush in, in my hair under the faucet, literally trying to get this stuff out of my hair. And when, when I finally did... I was like this is not a real solution i can't ever do this again and like i don't do something wrong so i went on google and um i went on some of these forums and people had a lot of the same issues i did which is the smell it's hard to find the ingredients they were confused about the recipes they really wanted to do it um but it was really really difficult this you know just all these things couldn't find certain things people were like i really want to be on this journey using these herbs, but it's just so hard. And that's where Aralux was born. Um, through the process of this, like how can we find, you, you know, combine some of these incredible herbs and their benefits, which I'll talk about in a second, with a modern formulation that's really clean and, and easy to use. And that's where Arolux comes from. And so um, what's so cool about some of these herbs are, you know, some of these herbs, five of them, they've all been scientifically studied in um, in mice and in humans. I haven't done studies, but they've all all been independently scientifically studied. Few of them to grow hair better than minoxidil 2%, which is the main ingredient in Rogaine. That's beringrash, brahmi. Um, Some of these have actually been studied together. And I have nine of these herbs in the products. um, And five of them have been studied together to improve um, hair follicles, to grow hair, to cure alopecia, uh, more hair follicles, grow hair faster, thicker. Um, there's three um, ingredients in there that have been clinically studied for antifungal, anti-dandruff, anti-inflammatory, anti-bacterial. Um, people don't realize that a lot of scalp um, issues, and I mean, hair issues have to do with the scalp and fungus, slow growth. Um, so they, they're really good at detoxifying the, the, the scalp, scientifically proven. Um, There are a few in there that are incredible hair superfoods like shikaka, which has like 17 times the um, antioxidants in pomegranate. So they're great at protecting the hair, strengthening the hair, bringing blood flow to the scalp. So just incredible hair outcomes that I'm not making up and I don't have to because this is just the heritage. And and so that is what is offered in the products um, with a really clean formulation that's modern. So it's creamy. It, it works really well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just something that we can use as, as modern, as modern um, men and women. And so, what was so cool about it is because these scientific studies were done, when I went through the process of, of creating these products, um, I actually took the scientific study and I said, extract my products the same way that they were done in the scientific studies. So, that's what my formulators did. They extracted the same method. Moreover, these studies were done at like 5 to 10% herbal extraction. I wanted all my products to be at 10 or 20% herbal extraction. So very high amounts because I'm like, I really want this product to work. And I don't care how dark the product gets because it's a very dark brew. And they took me up on that. So um, that, that's, that's kind of the story of the products and, um, and how I created it. It was a long journey, much longer than what I thought. Um, a lot more detail um, every component of the packaging, the the material, um, to what goes in it. Um, there was a time when I, we had the oil, this incredible oils, 20% of this herbal extract in it, very high potent herbal, um, oil. So I did a lot of customer testing and I thought, I know what the original scent of some of these herbs, what they smell like, and they are just like, whoa. So I thought this oil.
0: Folks, let me tell you, (laughs) it's rough i mean when we were just getting the the herbs christian was experimenting with some of this stuff and i was like whoa indian supermarket i just this is this is overwhelming um because some of the herbs were so strong and uh yeah it is a hard sell on an american market anyway go ahead continue
1: yeah so so I, I took it to a friend of mine and um, she tried the oil. I knew it smelled much better than what it could have smelled like. And she goes, you know what? She's a very honest person. Her name is Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. Um, and she's like, you know, girl, I'm going to tell you right now, it's, still, it's like curry smell to the end of it. I don't think I would, I would use this. And I was like, okay. So I ended up flying out to to California, which is where my formulators were, and just sitting with them. And coming up with a different fragrance and now it just smells absolutely beautiful and it's, it's wonderful. It's a scent that men and women both like. And, um, yeah, so that, that's, it, it is, is a tough process. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I could tell you kind of about what, what's happened in the last uh, few weeks. Cause we really just launched about four weeks ago or something like that. And the customers who've gotten so far have really enjoyed it. I'm so grateful for all the support I've gotten so far on this. It's a, it's a dream. It's not easy. I'll tell you one story about just how wonderful Dan is and, and then we'll move on. But, um, I, I will tell you that through this process, I've had to renounce the fear of failure so many times. I've done the principality prayer for the fear of failure so many times because, um, I, I struggle with that because it's a lot of money. You're putting this out there in the world and you, and you really want to make sure it works. But when we had to write the first check for the production, because you can't just, when you're making this, you can't just make it five at a time. You have to have a pretty large quantity and, and the quantities are enough to, you know, you can buy a car with it pretty much. And we're, we're taking this out of our pocket. Um, when, you know, paying for this, there's no funders, there's no investors, there's no debt. And so we're just writing the checks. And so that first huge check I had to write to get the first a batch done, I just started flipping out, freaking out, like, Dan, oh, my gosh, we're going to rewrite this check. And, and Dan just looked at me and he said, Christian, you're, this is going to work. You're going to be successful. But if you don't, then the worst thing that happens is that we just lost the money and we have to pick back uh, uh, up again and work on a new business. But – I'm always going to be proud of you for trying and because most people wouldn't even get that far. And that was just such a, um, encouragement to me. I kind of cried a bit. I'm like, you know, that, that was incredible. The reason why it was so good is, um, I remember in business school, this is hopefully another key for spouses or if you have people in your life that, um, that are trying to start a business or trying to start something, it could be an album or a book or whatever. It's really important to have a safety net up. And um, it reminded me when he said it, it reminded me of, of business school when they talked about building the Golden Gate Bridge. And when they went to go build the Golden Gate Bridge, um, they had deaths almost like every day of people, m- men falling to their deaths. They would look down and fall to their deaths. So they decided to put a net up. And once they put that net up, not one person ever fell again or even used the net. And so when he said that, it was kind of like he just put my net up, meaning I don't have to look down with every decision I make and looking at how far I could fall or fail. I can just go about my business without the fear, because if you move in fear, it's so much easier to make mistakes and to make wrong decisions and to fail because of fear. And so um, that was really, really helpful for me um, to, to, to make that decision. So it's really important to be supportive of something that makes sense. I'm not, I don't think that's a blank check to just say every idea, you know, you want to do a zebra, you know, farm in Alaska, you know, you know. but if God is calling your spouse or someone you love or in your <laughs> surrounding, if it's your daughter, your son, whatever, it really helps to be supportive. So that, that was kind of that, that big, one of the big humps. So I started the business and um, things are going well. I realized, this is kind of a testimony, about this particular business of what just happened over the last few weeks, I realized really quickly that I needed a new contract manufacturer. The contract manufacturer, the person that was developing my product, were in California. I needed somebody in Texas who was closer, um, and I wasn't really happy with their speed to market and, and those types of things. I was quite quite frustrated with them for a long time, and so um, that was one thing that the month of July I was trying to procure and figure out. Um, the second thing was. I felt like I started the last couple of weeks, I started getting hit by so many attacks that, um, you know, if, if you've ever been hit in the face, so many times you can't even respond. It's like, it doesn't even hurt. It's just like, oh, okay, you just hit me. Okay, now I just got another hit. You, you don't have a ouch, you don't have a cry, you don't have a, it's just another thing. Okay, another thing. And that's what, that's what was going on with me. And um, so this is the next key and the next testimony, hopefully. And so I was just dealing with it. And there were a lot of big decisions, a lot of uh vendors I had to fire or let go, a lot of hard conversations, um, a lot of things that were just not working out, kind of beyond my control um with, with the business. And some of it's just natural course of business. Things are just hard, it's just, you know, not easy. I'm just trying to make it work every day. And um as a matter of fact, someone had talked about um they're doing a this is hopefully another key, a courts of heaven session with Dr. Ron Horner, who Dan is having the program. And I said, you know what, this was just literally last week. And I was like, I think I need that. You know, I think I need that. So I did, I signed up for a session last week. And through that session, I got a lot of keys. I'm just gonna be completely transparent. I know I'm Dan Duvall's wife, but I'm a real person, and I am not perfect, and I have no problem admitting when, um, when I have missed the mark because I have a faithful father who's willing and able to forgive, and I am quick to repent. So this is what happened. So I go into my session, and we go into the courts of accusation because I, I got a lot of issues you know, with this business. I mean, we were in um, Louisiana last weekend on Saturday, and I get slammed with another thing. That was just so big, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna have to just deal with this, you know? And so um, this situation, I got on the phone that Monday, I'm gonna take a step back, I'll get back to the court session. And I just said and, and something, I don't know, it's just like you're, like Dan was saying, you have to have your spirit engaged in business. Because when this huge, massive issue hit, it sent me flipping. I know four years ago, I would have flipped out, like completely got on the phone with the vendor and flipped out. But when things happen, Um, God just gave me this piece to say, wait, wait, don't do that. Don't respond yet. So when some things happen that I, I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a week. I'm not going to talk to this vendor or get into this conversation until I am in peace, literally in the realm of peace. And if I am not in the realm of peace, I'm not having this conversation. Okay. So this thing happened on Monday and I, I I said, okay, let me just hear it out. I, I said to the, to the vendors, I said, listen, I'm here on a fact finding mission. I know you want to this course of action to, to mitigate the situation, but just give me the facts. I'm going to ask you a few questions. And then I'm going to ask if you give me some time to come back to you on what my response is going to be. Because I knew I needed to get before God. I knew I needed, to, and, I, and it was just so much going on and I didn't want to be pressured to make a wrong decision. So they, they respected that I got the information and I just didn't respond to the calls. Didn't follow up. I need a minute. So I go into this, this session, with Dr. Ron Horner and, and Dr. Natalie Olson. And the first thing we do is go to the courts of, I have this written down, but it's kind of the courts of um, the records. And they see there's an accusation against my business. Um, and the accusation against my business is fear of failure. And when I, when I heard that, I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, I renounced fear of failure using that principality prayer so many times. How dare there be more fear of failure left? So I said that. I was just like, you know. But he said, listen, no. What's really happening, it's a fear of failure because of overworking. So it's not this conscious fear of failure. It's this implicit fear of failure based on it's an action-based fear of failure. Wow, that's deep. Based on how much I'm doing to overwork. Trying to do everything to make sure it succeeds because I have all these toolkits. I got a list of twenty ways to generate traffic for your for a website, right? And I'm trying to employ them all, right? Instead of looking at what God actually has ordained for me to do. And so um, I saw that and was like, I got that in my spirit, a confirmation that that was absolutely right, um, that that was what I was operating in. And so. We end up going to the courts of business and finance, which actually, and I didn't know this, this is one thing about Dr. Ron Horner that's really cool, is that he knows about all these different courts. I've been to a lot of different places in heaven, but I haven't been to the business and and finance court. And this is a business that has been prayed over. All the things I share with you, minister to, cleanse with living water, building the realm of the spirit, operating with wisdom. You know, I've spiritually attended to this business, prayed over this business, over nine, 10 months incubating it. And I still had these things attached to it, right? So I go to the business and finance court, and hopefully this is the key for people, that it has actually, for every kingdom business, there is a complete strategy for every part of your business. Procurement, the vendors to work with, your role, HR. It's like a strategy and consulting firm. Exactly the marketing strategy exactly what you need to do for um, outreach, whatever chain, whatever piece of your business, there is actually a script and a scroll in heaven that you can access. That was such a key for me. That was such an incredible key for me. And so um, we we went through, um, obviously I renounced the fear of failure thing. and, And then I went through into a boardroom and I looked at some documents um, regarding my business. And this one thing that was burning on me is which vendor to choose for this next run of business. And I got confirmation. I, I figured out the vendor. So we, we, we had some things, you know, for me, that was more of a tool, right? Um, so I said, you know, I know how to operate because I got a whole lot of other questions. I have a lot of pieces of my business that need answers. So after that session, I was like, I'm going to go in prayer, write down all these things, and and really look at the heavenly script and scroll that the angels can just hand them to you and you can read or hear you could do yes or no, I'll explain what I did. You can see in the spirit, you can just read it outright. Some people are not that proficient and you can use that as your game plan. So before I did that, I go to Daniel, I share with him my, I just want to share this one part. I share with him my, the testimony to courts of heaven and just what happened. And, and he said, you know, overworking. And we just laughed about this. I'm like, overworking. (laughs) And I'm like, that's just so ridiculous that I have to not overwork. God created me to overwork. I overwork everything. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a party, it's getting overworked. I overwork the, you know, just, you know, movie night, date night gets overworked. You know, I don't know how to not overwork anything. And here's God making me like this and then telling me not to do it. That doesn't even make any sense. And so we were just laughing about it this early in the morning and we just laughed. And Dan goes, yeah, you know, you do overwork every day. So I go off. And I'm in the bathroom, you know, and God says to me very clearly, I didn't make you like that. That's your response to unfaithfulness that you developed as a child because because you didn't trust me. And you supplanted faith for overworking because you thought you had to do it all by yourself. And I was like, ouch. Whoa, whoa. So I wait in prayer and I repented for um, this um, overworking. And I committed to now every day when I get up, I commit to purposely and intentionally enter into God's rest. I, I, just, I just do it by faith. There's a, there's a door. I'm in prayer in the morning. Am I just praying about stuff? I am going into the realm of Jesus Christ, and I am actually going through the, into the room of rest, and I'm there. And I picture myself there, and I'm working from a place of rest, seated. So and good. so that is something. And I, and so I have a, another business, and we'll, we'll probably get to this another part that I'm working on with another partner. And we'll, you know, get to that later. And I said, and I said to her, I have to confess to you. I have a tendency to overwork and I'm as your business partner, I'm just confessing this to you so that you can catch me when I'm doing it. And I'm telling you before you, why are we supposed to confess our sins one to another or, you know, confess our weak. So I'm just saying to you, I am working on this. And this is what I'm doing to mitigate it, right? And so we're just going to go through that. So I, I get into a place of rest. And what I did when I got that tool and that key, because when I got to that place of business and finance, that consulting firm, I didn't want to leave. I go to places in heaven. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to go back to earth. I want to just stay there and hang out. Because I knew my spirit was still there. And I didn't want to start my day. I had a busy day. I had a lot of work to do. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to go back to that place in heaven so I, I went back in prayer so after he said you, that's you i repented i i i surrendered I, I asked that place in my heart to be um transferred over to the to the part um uh, to to the kingdom of heaven for jesus to rule over it the places that were so not moving and operating in faith um for a complete overhaul of my heart so i really worked on the heart that you know when you have things like that going on those are heart conditions Those are places where the Lord is illuminating the darkness within your heart that you really need to just surrender over to him. So I really dealt with that. And then I went back to, to the, I focused my, I didn't go back because my spirit was already there, but I focused my consciousness back to the spiritual realm in that, in that business and finance, went back to the boardroom and I just wrote down a list of, of things I needed answers on. And I got no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes. And then the journaling started. And it just was like, I wasn't thinking. It wasn't because you have to imagine. I have so many thoughts. I have so many quote unquote good ideas. I have so many toolkits in my belt, <laughs> right? I learned so much. I got things to do and I know exactly how to do them. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. No, that's not how you approach kingdom business. That's not how you approach heavenly, uh, heavenly conduct. You, read the scroll and the script no god and i said no i'm not worried about my ideas and i just begin to journal and he said for this don't do this your marketing plan uh-uh only do this this is the marketing plan i want you to use totally the opposite of what i wanted to do what i thought i should do um and this is what you focus on shut everything else down do this and that has been a huge key for me. So every morning, I wake up so that so I've been I'm in the process of just implementing my heavenly scroll and script for this season of my business. And I'm in the habit now of coming before you know prayer. There's all kinds of things to do in prayer, prayer is wonderful, but for my business and for the work that I do every morning, I get into a place of rest with Jesus and then I ask to see the script and scroll Right. It's simple. But and it, if there's an issue, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm still working out or need help on, I make sure to go back to that business and um, finance court and get the documentation or the script from that place and journal that I don't necessarily have do it every day because some of the stuff I'm still working on. Right. You're going to get the same answer sometimes unless you complete it. Right. But that has been a huge breakthrough for me. So here's the testimony. Okay, this is Wednesday, that happened last Thursday. I obviously repented right on the spot and started changing my behavior and changing my heart right on the spot. I get on the phone call with the, um, the, one of my vendors, the, the formulators and the people who make my product. And uh, they say to me, so I said, okay, I had the time to think about it. The Lord told me exactly what to do. So I get on the phone and say, I'm ready to make a decision. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna use this plan you know, we'll, we're going to mitigate it this way. They were like, great, perfect. You're, thank you for agreeing to our plan. So they say, so in, in this business that they that said, this, this is in, the hair, in, this, in this business of formulating product, there are two ways to get things done. You can spend a lot of money to get a product formulated, or you can buy it out after the fact and, and after you purchase a certain amount of product. Well, for my products, each one of them, should I, should I say the amount, Dan?
0: Yeah. Go okay.
1: Ahead. Each one of my products, if I wanted to purchase my product, uh, the formulation would be eight thousand dollars each. So what I was going to have to do to move away from this man, this manufacturer, was like get it reverse engineered and shifted and changed. And um, to go into more detail, the new guys that the Lord told me to work with, I will if I would have had to purchase over two hundred fifty thousand units just to get ownership of my f- formula. 250,000 units. It was exclusive to me, but I didn't have the ownership. But the Lord told me to go with them. So I'm like, huh, this is weird. So on Monday, um, I get on the phone. We figured out, and they say to me, because you are our favorite customer, and I thought they were joking. They said, no, you really are. We, you really are our favorite customer. You have been so kind. You have been so patient. Things have not necessarily worked out good, but you have just been so awesome to work with. I want to do something special for you. We want to give you your formula. Free and clear arch. That just is a $32,000 blessing because you've been really great to the bumps in the, in the hiccups. You've been, I said, that is so kind. He said, you know, you're kind. And, um, we don't want to hold you hostage. If you want to work with someone else, we totally understand but we want to do that for you because you've been really great through this whole process. Now I'm thinking to myself, thank God for Jesus, because this is not how I normally would behave when people are doing the wrong thing, the wrong way. I can tell you, anybody can tell, I am not the person to be doing the wrong thing with, with my money and my time. Thank God for Jesus. That there was a um, that my spirit was activated and involved in this, and that I just had just the enough um, discipline to be sub- to just to be um, submitted to the Holy Spirit to the Spirit when these tough things happen. I didn't flip out and go crazy. I just something just told me to just keep down the course, and that God was doing something big. And so I believe one of the breakthroughs that happened even from that session was this. So they pretty much released me. And now I can take my formula anywhere. Um, it, it's a blessing. Just, just getting back into right alignment. Just getting back into proper, um, just those shifts that we can do, make in our business just provides so much breakthrough. So hopefully that's a, that's a key that, that'll bless people.
0: And folks, there's a part of this story that Christian didn't tell you. And it's another key that I'm going to layer on top of this whole thing. So we are all on the same page and understand the big picture here. Now, I've made this clear on the podcast several times this year. I I, I said, this is a year of end of delay. That's coming out January 1. You know, God was on my case. He's like, Daniel, this is a year of end of delay, right? And it's a season to sow. And God called Christian and I to sow a lot of money this year, Um, an exorbitant amount of money compared to our income. It's just a lot. And so not only are we navigating the investment cost of her business, but folks, honestly, we're trying to navigate the investment cost of our tithe check, (laughs) And this has been every week, you know, we, there's a certain amount and we have to give and we have to give and we have to give. And so this is like going all this money just going out the door. And it's, it, it, it's a challenge, right? It's, it stretches your faith because you think, oh, you know, in the season where we're going to invest in the business and put lots of money to get out on, you know, on the front end, buy all of this stuff. You're not gonna wanna put all of this capital into a tithes check, you know. But no, in, in God's kingdom economy, you do both at the same time. You are gonna put out a lot of money for a business, triple your tithe. <laughs> so right. uh, we're 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 way outside of tithe. I mean, we're so far into the offering, it's ridiculous. And 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 you know, I will tell you, here we are in July, basically getting thirty-two thousand dollars. And that is in addition to a whole lot of other financial just miracles we didn't ask for expected just just unexpected income coming in left, right, and center uh carrying us in the process of putting out all of this capital it It has been a miracle year and, and one of the things that God told Christian at the outset of this year is that you know we we have this challenge to give, give, and given, and, and God's like, christian. You, You guys are not even going to feel it. And here we are watching the reasons why manifest in real time. And so, yes, courts of heaven and process and stuff. But, folks, it always comes back to basics as well. If we are not covering our bases and doing the simple things, being faithful to give uh, so much of the other miracle realms, the finance and the breakthrough and the business and the exploits and this and that are not gonna be functioning right. Things aren't gonna be falling into alignment because we're failing on the basics.
1: Yeah, so that's so true. So just, just to kind of give you a little bit of um, a background on that, last fall, we after our last um, advance or retreat, um, November, Dan- I had it in my spirit that we needed to give. And Daniel got the number. And when he got the number, I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right to me, that's too much um but i said i'll pray about it daniel goes well i'm not gonna do anything unless you know we both agree so i said i went before god one morning said look if i gotta fast for a week or three days i'll do it but i just want to hear from you but if it be your will please let this cup pass from me so uh so so and he's uh, he he spared me the fast and he just showed me something So uh, a month or two before I, or maybe a couple months before I had seen Daniel and I in almost like a carriage or something in, in a dream, uh, just like accelerating in the air, like going really fast in the cosmos, right? Just almost like in a carriage, like, and we were just, just shooting in the air, just going really fast, really far. And I told a few people that dream at the time, well, the way God works with me is I always get the. Effect and then I get the cause. I always, my my a lot of times my visions are backwards. I get number two, then I get number one. So I was sitting there in the vision, and he shows me a vision, and he said, "Yes, Dan- Daniel's right. That's the that's right. That's the amount to give." But he shows me a vision of um, this. Hopefully, this does not sound so illustrious and over the top. So just, I'm just going to tell you what the vision was but it was heaven, the, 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 like um, the father on the throne looking at us and heaven watching. And Daniel and I were kind of being like, kind of raised up. And it was like that same carriage that we were good, they were in shooting through the scars, stars, the sky. But um, and it's like kind of the heavens, right? We were shooting through. And, and the father said, look at my kids. Look at what they're about to do. Almost like watch. Watch their faith. So it was like a display of faith that was actually being watched by many, by, the, by heaven. They were rejoicing. that we were ma- making this and he, and that was the precursor for us to be launched th- into the air. And that was what, what I saw another thing he said, he said, you weren't going to feel it, but it was every week you're doing this you're actually overturning verdicts in the courts of heaven. You're overturning stuff. Stuff that has nothing to do like the verdict the issue that I had was actually that was me my own doing. But sometimes there's unintentional things that we don't even know about that's from the whatever they're getting overturned. And he said by the end of this they're not going to have anything anything left to resist you with. So every accusation boom giving Boom, boom, giving. And then we, and then I also saw this um, like this big, huge bushel, parcel thing, like they used to do in the old day, like a like a knapsack, huge in the air, suspended. And it was like tied loosely with like a rope. And it was like every time we were giving, we were just kind of knocking down with a knife back that rope. And we already started seeing the overflow of it in other people's lives and breakthrough in people in bride ministries and their businesses and their lives. And, and that's what's so incredible about it. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that part is, is incredibly, incredibly important. And it was just one other thing I was going to say along that lines. The other thing I want to say about that was a lot of the confidence that I have in the business is, you know, I was talking to someone that was like, they they were saying, you know, we, I got to just get out there and just believe God in faith. And, one of the things that I can say about starting a business when you're heavenly sowing into the kingdom of God, we're investing into the kingdom. We're we're investing into that. We are we are putting our affections and our faith towards that because I am the type of person who likes to see lots of money in my bank account. Uh, meaning, I I I will live on twenty percent of what I make. I want to see two and three years. Or five years worth of my living expenses in my bank account. I am that girl. I don't like to run my account thin at all. Daniel can have a dollar and he's fine because you know Jesus is his provider. I'm working on it. <laughs> so, you know, I, that is a, a stretch for me in terms of that. And, but I said, to the, I said to him, you know what? I don't have confidence in myself that, that my businesses that I'm starting in the scene, right, in season, um, is, is working out just myself, I have confidence in God that he is responding to what we're doing, that he is a blesser, that he is a provider, that he is a sustainer, that he, um, he, it, he is going to make us the head and not the tail. Those promises that he gives us, that's what I'm counting on when I start a business, not that I can figure this out. And I just have to make sure that, and we just have to make sure that in that belief system that our actions lining up to that belief system and so what's really funny about this is that daniel you don't even know this we were praying this morning and um i got i got a relief and deliverance on that hey needing to see all this money in my bank account because i was in prayer this morning and god just took me through a golden door and i just saw this tremendous amount of wealth and riches that were stored up for me in heaven and that's my backstop and jesus said like that's this is what you have now what's in your account don't look at the natural this is what you have access to. And this is what you'll pull from heaven. So it, this stretching of our faith has been a blessing. It is a part of the story for sure. So um, so yeah, that, that, is, that, that is that part of it for sure.
0: Now, folks, uh, we're about at the end of this, but here's, here's the truth. Uh, Ara Luxe. Christian's Company has been launched. It, it launched last month, and now it is, uh, well, <laughs> available at aralux.com, A-Y-U-R-L-U-X-E.com. And not only that, at the end of the day, God has Christian working on not one, not two but three businesses now, as we are rounding July going into August, and it's all been in the same time frame. things just getting added and multiplied to her. And in addition to that, and, and this is what I really want to close the program with, God gave you a mandate, Christian, to build a course. And I want to give you a little bit of opportunity to talk about the course that God has you building.
1: Sure. So God told me in the beginning of the year um, that I was supposed to build a product launcher course, a business that empowers prophetic entrepreneurs is what I call them. Prophetic entrepreneurs are people um, who get more ideas before breakfast than most of us get in a lifetime they have special access to um the innovation center of heaven such that angels are passing them ideas holy spirit's nudging them on this they are wildly creative folks or they've just been given one idea a passion a birth you know something to birth out in the natural but they don't know how to bring it into fruition. They don't know how to land it in the earth realm. They, they, um, but they do have these business ideas and there's a lot of people like that. And the truth is, that's okay. If that's you, that's okay. That's why we are in a body. Because I may be a finger, you're a thumb, somebody's a liver. It's not necessarily realistic to expect that the innovator is also the person who can operate and birth the business, okay? So don't feel bad at all. But what God was doing with all those other things I was building before was helping me build the machines and the pipelines and the systems to help these other businesses. So he said to me, build this product launcher course, build this product launcher course. And he said it in January and he said it and he kept telling me and I kept dragging my feet Because I knew that even if I taught a lot of people stuff, most people wouldn't take advantage of what I actually taught. And um, the Lord just had to say to me, it's the same way with Jesus. Jesus died for everybody. But only very few took advantage of salvation. And even fewer took advantage of abundant life. But they didn't stop him from going to the cross. And so we can't limit what we're doing because everybody won't really embrace the fullness of what it is. You have to just do it. And so I started this in maybe April, just right into the course. The first one is a Christian business course and it teaches a lot of the keys of business that the Lord has taught me. And then the rest of it, so that's just one course I'm gonna offer in the Bride Ministries Institute at a reduced rate or rate that goes to Bride Ministries. It's not really for the money, it's to get people activated. And then the second part of the course is the second and third part is like straight on business school in a box. You know, you know, you need the website. This is where you go. The marketing strategy, this is how you do it. This is the production. This is how you get it together. This is how you develop product, the packaging, whatever it is. A lot of the work that I have treaded, a lot of the things that I've done, it took me a long time to figure out. The Lord has told me very clearly, build the machine. Built the machine, built the machine. So that's called Brand Rocket. And that's a machine that's being built where brands can come in. The Christian folks who want to get the whole full course, get the whole thing. And then then secular folks who don't necessarily believe in all that stuff, you can just get the secular, you can just get the the straight business part where you learn how to build business. But my heart is for kingdom entrepreneurs that um, have that mandate, but don't know where to start, don't know where to go. And I can tell you right now a testimony um, Christine, who's actually on the board, um, has an incredible, uh, snack food business. Um, and, um, I, in keeping with this mandate that the Lord had given me, we were on the phone cause she helps out with our retreats. And in April, the, right before the retreat, I said to Christine, I said, if you don't have this business up in two to three months, we've known her for over a year, year and a half. I said, I'm going to kidnap you from Atlanta. I'm going to bring you to Dallas. We're going to put our heads together. We're going to start this business. And she said. Christian, I'm ready and willing. I just don't know where to start. The the amount of grace over this is incredible. Um, my business took nine months to launch roughly. Okay. Her business is taking more like three months to launch. We will, we will launch her business by the end of August, beginning of September, because the grace of God is on it. The rest of God is on it. And I'm moving in the mandate and a lot of the things I figured out makes what I'm doing for other people so much easier. So I bump my head, I get the bruises, I get the scars, I get the war stories and other people get the blessing. And that's what it's all about. So, um, yeah. So when I I have another business, I'm helping out their, their supplement. And so, um, yeah, so there's, there's a business that's just the consultancy arm. And there's another one where I'm actually in there in the weeds, helping people do what, what I've done. And that's what this is all about. It's about, Um, helping people birth the business, because when I help Christine birth her kingdom mandate and her business, we're invading another territory in the spirit, and we're taking over another mountain for the kingdom of God, right? That's what this is. This is kingdom conquesting types of activity that we get to do, and I get to be a part of that conquest. Daniel does it in other ways, and I do it in the business realm, but that's what we're doing, is we're making the food systems more righteous, because it's the snack food business, right? with hair care right the beauty industry god is concerned about every aspect of our being and that's what we are we are doing when we do that and so look out for that uh that's going to probably come in the fall um august we're done traveling after this weekend and so i'm probably gonna knuckle get you know just kind of bear down and get that sorted and um i'm sure dan will announce that course and um i would be excited to see you to see there can i give one additional key Dan? That's I should have given 30 minutes ago.
0: You are going to give us one additional key Christian. I can't wait. Okay.
1: Great. And then now after this you're going to take me out on a date.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, one of the things that's a key for for folks who are who have businesses, one of the things I've done with Rlux is I always pray for, and I, you get this from the kingdom of darkness because there's a counterfeit to everything God intends for us to do. When you go into certain places um, and it's, it's um, you know, businesses that are unredemptive, I'm just going to say, they curse their products. They put curses on the products. So why can't we put blessings over our products? So our Lux and our products are laced with living water, laced with the oil of anointing laced with the blood of Jesus, laced with heaven, you know, heavenly gold. I just bless the products. I pray that the products are going into the homes with angelic assignments and angelic um, hosts that bring men towards repentance, that bring people uh, that are lights um, to, to, in the darkness of a home, that um, b- brings people into a place where they want to get closer to God. You can take whatever you do, if it's a contract and you're a lawyer, you can pray over it and you can weaponize it, weaponize it for the kingdom of heaven. You can use whatever it is to further the, the kingdom of heaven and just charge it. You can charge it with the names of God, you know, <laughs> you could just really try to understand that this, this product, anything its bottle is in the natural, but there's a spiritual um, equi- equivalent of it in the spirit. And you want to bless your products, bless your work product, the things of your hand, the things that you put your, every book, I was shipping the books for a long time. For uh the ministry. And we I would always bless I put in the Father God, I just bless this book. I just think that there's angels going out to an assignment to, to bless the prayer book and so to perform the words and the going on the prayer. That's why the, those, those prayers are also very effective. because we're blessing that product when we send it to you. And so that's just another key. Bless your product, bless the works of your hands, use the weapons that you that you have, um, the bride ministry has the, the weapons of our warfare and just the things that you know from the Bible to just make sure that the people who are interacting with your business are also interacting with Jesus and, and responding to Jesus and getting um, touched because they may not want to sit and hear a sermon, but they will use your product and let that be the light for, for that person.
0: Folks, if you didn't catch it before uh, the other business that Chris, Jin is working on with our board member Christine is going to be called craveables. Keep an eye out for that. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Christine sends us these nuts sometimes and they are like top of the line. I'm, I mean, I think the word addicted is a little strong.
1: Cravable is the right word. Oh
0: my gosh, <laughs> I am craving them. And, and you know, they, they, they really are. It, it just kind of hits you. And it, she has these bourbon smoked nuts. I, I'm just saying, um, keep an eye out for those because it, they'll change your life. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, part of the reason why I started is obviously I'm going to follow the mandate that God has for me. But there are some things I just don't want to live without. And um, I can't always depend on Christine's um benevolence. And so
0: um I I know, right?
1: I want to always make sure that my life is stocked with this stuff.
0: Let, Let me explain what happens here. Christine actually has this is this is some inside ball right here. Christine actually has to label the nuts that she sends us with name tags so that our marriage is protected. Around the reception of the product. T- Stop me if I'm lying.
1: So, <laughs> th- what Daniel doesn't understand is when she sends me product, it's for the business. <clears throat> I am doing business testing. I'm, it's all, it- this is all business work. And Daniel and just wants to eat it.
0: Volunteering to test the product every time. Volunteer work, right? It's
1: Daniel, but this is very serious. And all you want to do is just eat all of my... Homework.
0: Folks, um, on a more serious note, uh, I am just so proud of Christian, and I need to say that publicly. Uh, Christian, I, I, I really am very proud of you for coming this far and for launching your product and for faithfully following through on all of the things that God has given to you. And so uh, congratulations on everything that you have come to accomplish this far. Folks, with that said, until next time, I got to take my wife on a date. God bless and God speak. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at BrideMinistriesInternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.